Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is WP Water Cooler, episode 92. We're closing in on 100. Um, today we're going to be talking about what is the best price for a WordPress theme. We're going to go around the room here real quick and get everyone introduced. Let's start in alphabetic order with Chris Lemma. Hi there. I'm Chris Lemma, and I blog over at chrislemma.com, and I run the North County San Diego WordPress Meetup. Very nice. What about you, Dave? I'm Dave. I'm a software engineer and CTO at Spectrum Tech, and we build uh, custom WordPress plugins and e-commerce solutions. Nice. What about you, Drew? Uh, I'm Drew Stroni. I'm the founder of the Theme Foundry. Uh, we sell WordPress themes. Uh, I also have another project called Memberful. Uh, it's membership software. Very nice. Martin, what's up, man? Hi, I'm Morton. I'm a staff author with lynda.com. I blog at morton.com, and I'm a co-organizer of the WordPress meetup group in Vancouver. Very cool. What about you, Rebecca? I'm founder of Web Savvy Marketing. We do custom Genesis uh, stack themes and full website development. Sweet. Scott? My name is Scott Bollinger. I have a company called AppPressor, and we do mobile apps for WordPress. Steve? Hi, I'm Steve Zangit. I am the founder of Zeek Interactive, and I lead the OC WordPress meetup. And we'll be meeting tonight uh, for the general meetup at my office. 7 o'clock. Nice. Suzette, tell us about yourself. Hello, I am Suzette Frank. I am Media Temple's WordPress evangelist, and I also host the WP Unicorn Project by Media Temple, and that we're going to be talking about how to submit to WordCamps with Andy Christian this week, Thursday. Very cool. Yeah. What about you, Tom? What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Tom McFarlane. I blog at tommcfarlane.com. I'm self-employed. I run a small, uh, very small WordPress company called Pressware, and I also work as the editor for Envato. Nice. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me on Twitter, Jason Tucker, and I blog over at wpmedia.pro. So. When Chris and I were talking about this topic, um, you know, trying to figure out what's the best way to to describe this, uh, I kind of want to look at this from both angles here. One from the uh, purchasing side, and then the others from the uh, the actual selling side. And so, you know, what's the best price for a WordPress theme? Um, let's go around the room real quick here. Who who actually sells a WordPress theme? And let's let's talk a little bit about that real fast. Okay. Um, how about you, Tom? Tell us a little bit about about yours, and let's talk about pricing for a moment. Okay, so I've actually been around the theme, um, selling themes for a couple of years, and I've gone anywhere from selling. We've had themes. Uh, I've worked with a team that sold themes from uh, as low as thirty-five dollars up to ninety-nine, up to a hundred and hundred and seventy some odd dollars. And then right now, I have one theme for sale uh, myself on WordPress.com that is on. Uh, <clears throat> That's for sale, and I'm actually about to raise the price on it, and I will soon be releasing it for self-hosted installations. Um, in terms of pricing, if you guys haven't read Chris Lemma's latest blog post in terms of how should themes be priced, like are they blog themes, are they site themes, are they uh, app themes, etc., I think that's really a good reading to read. In terms of pricing, um, I'm actually really frustrated with the current state of the market right now. I even sadly admit that I think that I've contributed to it to some degree by just hopping on the bandwagon and saying, you know, okay, I'll price mine low since everyone else is because I want to be competitive, but I'm done doing that and I'm going to start pricing my things higher for a number of different reasons. 
We're we're actually spinning up a a twelve step group for people who used to price poorly. And, uh, <laughs> if you want to join, that would be a thing. That would be a thing for sure. If you want to join, you, you hit me up, send me an email or tweet or something, a DM. I, or, or I'm already a member, so I mean, you know, yeah. I probably was one of the founding members. <laughs> Rebecca, I think we're all charter members. members, aren't we? Yeah. So, she, but she's she's already making more money, and that's good news, right? Yes. Um, now, I, just in case you don't know, because he didn't mention it, the name of that theme that Tom released is Mayor, um, and it is the theme that backs up the famous, in case you haven't caught it, emmerslemmers.wordpress.com blog, which is my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter's blog, um, and so she is thrilled with Mayor, and she obviously has you know discerning taste and a high value for clean code. <laughs> And, uh, wow. and and so uh, I'm I'm excited to see Mayor coming to .org because the rest of you will get a chance to to enjoy it. Perfect. Thank you. So Scott, you raised your hand as well. Um, tell us about your what you going on. Yeah, I have a company called Press Coders, and we've been selling themes for um, a couple years now. We actually I have kind of a unique experience because the first theme that we released, we actually sold for two hundred and forty nine dollars. And um, it actually sold quite a few copies, and we're actually still selling it for a lower price now. But um, we also sell. We have themes on WordPress.org and on WordPress.com, and they are used, They're like sixty-nine, seventy-nine dollar range. Um, I agree that theme prices are are too low right now. Um, the experience that I had, we sold a theme called Fit Pro for two hundred forty-nine dollars when it first came out. Um, we targeted to specifically to a very niche audience of fitness professionals, and we did not advertise it as here is another WordPress theme to go into the sea of WordPress themes. And I really feel like um, a lot of the theme companies, it, themes have become so commoditized that if you're going to go out there and sell a WordPress theme that is, you know, just kind of advertised as a WordPress theme for WordPress sites. Um, I feel like it's going to be really hard to get more money for that unless everyone raises their prices. Um, but one thing that you can do is target specific niches and sell it as um, you know something that's more of like a solution for a specific niche, like a real estate agent, fitness professional, whatever. Like we have an app theme that is you know built for apps. That's ninety nine dollars. It's a little bit more um, because it's for a specific purpose that maybe isn't targeted from other theme companies. Um, but I do think prices can be raised if people change their marketing messages to be selling solutions and you know specific things that help people achieve a certain goal instead of just here's a another theme in you know in the sea of WordPress themes. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Rebecca, you want to tell us about yours? Yep. So our themes are all Genesis Child themes. They're forty nine ninety five. We sell them only on our website. Um, but for us, people are going to have to buy Genesis, too, if they don't have a license available, which I would say probably 50% of the people don't, and they're, they're coming in as Genesis newbies. Um, so that puts, them over about, that puts them over $100 between the two, and all of our themes, the vast majority of them, are industry-based. So lawyers, accountants, chiropractors, that type of thing. All right. That's yeah. pretty and that's awesome. You, and that's where you start thinking about when, you, when you're targeting a niche, when you're working in a vertical, they don't look at it as just, oh, something that makes my site pretty. They think about it as, this is something that helps me run my business, power my business, what have you, right? And so that's where all of a sudden 
you can start thinking about the value of that delivery at, at a different price point um, worth it to them. Because we're not saying all themes should just cost more so that end users end up having to just spend tons more, right? right. It, it's not, it's not a, it's not not a thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not an intent to say we would like to all make a lot more money doing a lot less things, so let's just push the prices up. It's, it's about knowing the difference between different markets and telling a blogger, here's a, here's a theme that looks pretty, how much should you pay me? And telling a lawyer, here's a theme that lets you do what you need to do to differentiate, differentiate yourself in the market and to take inquiries that drive leads and, and also that answer free questions, legal help uh, that you feel comfortable with. When you start shaping that message, they don't look at it like, okay, that's a $39 value. Um, so, of course, it makes sense to, to start thinking about that differently. Drew, do you want to tell us some about yours? Yeah, I, I think, too, you know, on what Chris is saying, you know, what comes to mind for me is um, anyone that's saying, you know, that paying, you know, if you're getting, basically what you're getting is a web, a coded website that's done, like, to standards, assuming you're getting it from a reputable place, you're getting it to, you know, WordPress standards, you're getting a really well-coded website that looks good. I mean, you'd be crazy to say that that's not a deal at less than $100. I mean, you, it's just not possible to get a website for less than $100 where all this work's been put into it. Um, you're getting, you know, like I said, all that, you know, every, everything's done for you. You can basically get up and running for less than $100. I mean, I think we'd all agree that that's an incredible value to someone who, especially to somebody who owns a business and is taking it, you know, business. I mean, they'd probably be willing to, to, to pay quite a bit more than that. Um, you know, the other thing regarding pricing, you know, I think it's it's important to remember, um, you know, why people buy WordPress themes. I mean, it's it's people want a website that looks good and functions well and is going to represent, you know, represent the audience to them. So it's like something that um, we need to keep in mind when, when we're when we're pricing these things. Things. And I think I had something else, but I kind of forgot, so we can roll back to someone else. <laughs> you Can mentioned little, something uh, that was that was pretty important. You were talking about standards, and I think that is one thing that is so difficult when you're shopping for a theme that you can't actually see what the functionality looks like. You just see that it's pretty, but it's really important, I think, to buy it from a reputable place, which you touched on as well, and make sure that 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 is going along good. But also, I will, I, I, one other point I wanted to mention is that just because you make themes, I've made like hundreds of themes, but I've never made a theme for public consumption. So I was wondering what the people here had done um, to make those available for public consumption. Because you know you take shortcuts if you're just building for a custom person, you know, you might rip out the widgets if you don't need widgets, or weird shortcuts like that. But what do you just, do to make sure that... Just so we're clear, Suzette, you're the only one that takes shortcuts. None of us take shortcuts. <laughs> oh, okay. We yeah. are professionals. Yeah. I'm glad you that. The rest of the folks on the show are professionals. Um, well, yeah, I don't really do that anymore, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. That's a really good point, Suzette, because um, making a theme for a client and making it for public consumption are two completely different things. Yes. And the amount of work that it takes to go from that specific theme that you made for a client to releasing it for public consumption is at least 100 to 200% more work. It and is. 
It's almost yeah. you're not even, you're not even close to halfway there by getting a theme for a client because of all the different use cases that people people do crazy stuff with themes that were never supposed to be done and that you never even uh, considered would be done and then they use them on in weird browsers and you know different things and so all these type of bugs pop up and you have to make it work for every single little possible use case and that's that's where most of the work comes in really. The other thing you the other I thing you have to, to do when you Oh, go for it, Martin. We are, we are making, we're doing something in this conversation that's really problematic. I'm sorry. This is the curveball that gets thrown when I get into this stuff. We keep right, saying someone, that we're selling WordPress themes. <laughs> we, keep, we keep talking about selling WordPress themes. However, WordPress themes fall under the GPL, so they can't be sold. What we're selling is not WordPress themes. What we're selling is the act of building a theme. And uh, I personally have an issue with the whole idea of selling themes, simply because it goes against the idea of the GPL. The GPL is there to protect us as users so that we can uh, distribute our code, so that we can share it, so that people can do stuff with it and then build on it. Uh, and s s the terminology of selling of theme is simply not correct to the GPL. So we need to address that issue before we can continue. Well, just, just so we're clear, you can sell a theme, right, Morton? Just so we're clear, the GPL license allows you to uh, charge a distribution fee. Yes. And so it is not illegal, just so we're clear, no, to no, correct you it. Can, you can charge a distribution fee, but the distribution fee has to reflect the cost of distributing Actually, the theme. Actually, the GPL license does not dictate anything about how much the distribution fee is. So I've read it through. I've read it through several times. I've sat with a lawyer. I can tell you that the GPL does not describe fees. It, it just doesn't, right? No, now, it doesn't. It does describe for a chance, for a charge, no more than, you, than your cost of physically performing source distribution. That is exactly what it says. The physical... But that, that could be a whole show in itself, though, yeah, really. I, think so. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I think we should reserve that for another, and, for another day. But, but it's and not, though, because clear. the question here is what, is, what is the correct price for a WordPress theme? The answer is a WordPress theme should be free. The service of building the WordPress theme or distributing the WordPress theme can, it should not technically be free. So we have to differentiate what the actual cost here is, because the reality is I can obtain a theme from anyone and then redistribute it for free. Yep, so I can buy can. a theme and you, redistribute it. And you totally can. So if you, that if you needs go, to be understood if, by the people who talk about this stuff. And it's, it is semantics, but it's important semantics because it's a confusion within the community. If you head to my website, you'll see a series of three or four posts that includes what are you buying when you're buying a GPL theme. Right? And it will highlight that you're buying support. It will highlight that you're mm -hmm. buying updates. There's, there's, there's a lot more to it. Um, so you're absolutely right. But um, for the purposes of this show, because what we're talking about is pricing, um, I, I, I wanted to circle back to the, the work of delivering a commercial theme, theme versus some, something to just one of your customers. And Scott, you were right on in terms of the work is still left. The other work that we didn't talk about, right, which is not just about code, it's also about uh, the, the fake data that goes into your theme, yep. right? Sample data. Most of the of the woo themes for example themes that are available have generic content in them and because they have generic content they just sell okay 
But if you look at some of their themes that have had the, the largest sales other than Canvas, you'll discover it's because they have very specific, industry-specific or use-specific sample data in it. They're, they're, you know, the, the restaurant one that has menu data in it. And when people can understand how their world and their data is going to fit within the theme, it makes it a lot easier for them to recognize that, which is very different than when you just code up your standard-based theme and push it out and say, well, you understand, it'll look different for you based on your own content, right? This gets on to me, for, for, in my opinion, this gets into a topic where for so long developers and even designers have marketed themes saying, here's a semantically correct, here's an accessibility or an accessible theme, here is something that follows the best coding standards and the best practices that means nothing to so many people that want to blog or people that want a real estate theme or people that want a fitness theme. Like they, they want to believe that they're getting something that's built of high quality and if you tell them that you have put high quality in here, they have no way to evaluate that and using that as some kind of marketing advantage. When everyone's doing it, it doesn't mean anything. And so we have to find better ways to market these things than saying, hey, this is, this is up to standards and hey, this has the best code and hey, it's well architected. Okay. That's fine, whatever. It doesn't mean anything to the average customer who's non-technical. They just want to be able to install something in WordPress and have their problem solved. Yeah, and most people, I would say 99% of the people out there buy themes based on the way that it looks. Yes. And it, I mean, maybe possibly like something like where a theme foundry has the drop and drag and drop theme. Maybe they're like, okay, I want drag and drop. I'm going to buy that theme for that feature. But for the most part, people buy themes based on the way that they look. And that's, that's kind of interesting because when you go to all these sites that um, sell, uh, like the big sites that sell a lot of premium themes, you'll see that they all have these really fancy demos. And if you ever go and look at them and you go, okay, so if I were to build a theme, or build a site based on this, I would have none of this content because it's all designed specifically to just make it look great. And it's not really uh, functional content that anyone would actually put on a site. And what I often see is people come to me and to other people uh, and say, hey, I bought this theme. It'll look great on the site. But when I try to put content in, I realize I don't have these images. I don't have this type of text. I don't have the need for all this stuff. So there's an onus on people who build uh, professional development themes to realize that they need to present them in a reasonable way that people can emulate I when they build completely. their own or they need to provide some sort of instruction as to how to set up the theme to make it look the same way, or a list of things. If you're going to use the theme, you need the following. You need huge featured images for each of your posts. You need to have uh, you know, several different contact forms. You need to have several different post right. types to make but it the, work. The I guess the thing is, is that the pricing of it, you're, you're pretty much pricing it based off of, you know, not the demo of it. I mean, I understand that the person's looking at it from the demo's perspective, but you know, the idea is that they want to be able to price it off of um, uh, the developers that pricing it off of the fact that they went and put all this time and energy into it, and here's, you know, here's the actual product that's being delivered. Well, yeah. again, I, I think when it comes to price, I would I would love to see the the some of the folks on on this panel as well as some of the other folks I wrote about yesterday. Um, when when you're talking about a really reputable, serious, trustworthy organization. I would love for them to push the price up on some of their stuff and just one level above everyone else and just say, you're paying because it's me, right? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're paying because I'm not going anywhere, right? You're paying because I am trustworthy to stay in the game and to make sure that I don't bounce. Whereas 
there are other people who are like, look, I created this really cool theme, and, and, and you, you can see them, right? You go to the theme forest, you go to marketplaces, and you'll find someone that you've never heard of that has only one theme in a marketplace, and you have no idea if 10 minutes from now they're going to say, oh, well, it didn't make as much money as I wanted, so I'm out. Right, um, and and we ought to push pricing on on the, that stuff yes. down, and, and I would push, push pricing on the support and the and the trustworthiness and reliability, push all that up to say I'm what I'm buying is a service. I'm buying the fact that these people are going to stand behind it and help me when I have a question. And I would add that to Chris's everything that just Chris said. He's written in a series of blog posts that he just had that, like for example, blogging themes should be priced around forty dollars. He's not saying that that's prescriptive and that's how it should be done, but that's a good starting point. However, if you've got someone who's just getting involved in WordPress and they are creating a single blogging theme, then maybe that's a good place to start. But if you've got someone who's more established, then why can they not come in and charge $70 or $80 for, or $100 for a theme? Because yeah. at some point, like, yes, experience matters, but at the same, at the same, at the same time, I don't want to go in and begin selling a theme and be like, you know, not to harsh on any generic brands, but I don't want to be the great value of WordPress. I don't want to be the, you know, the, the, instead of Rice Krispies, I don't want to be the, the Rice Crisps of WordPress. You know, you want to be somewhere, somewhere closer to the top shelf. And we, and, and, and price, reputation, um, longevity, all of that will help you kind of dictate your price more than just saying, well, everyone else is selling for $40 or for $39, so I'm going to do the same thing because I want to be competitive. Yeah, Just and prices as well is going to make your goods look like they're valued more than something that's for less. You know, it's mm -hmm. that whole psychology of, oh, this, you know, my Apple computer costs twice as much as a PC because I value it twice as much. I think it's that much better. Mm -hmm. I mean, people will buy themes for more money. We sell, we have themes on our site that are $149, and people buy them, you know? Yeah. I would themes. trust a theme that I paid more for than less. Like, if I bought a $20 theme, I may not expect the same level of service, and some people are willing to pay for that level of service. You know, for a real business, you don't want some free scrappy thing. You actually want something that has a team behind it and... You know, so 300 even doesn't sound re unreasonable for that. Well, there's right. a big difference between a custom theme, which is, you know, you're building it to spec sure. for the customer versus, like, here is, you know, a cookie-cut theme that you're going to now build off of, you know, for someone, you know, for that the customer is going to build off for themselves. So, yeah, there's custom a big difference themes. between those two. Yeah, a custom, custom theme, theme would be a, a lot of conversation. More. Those yeah. can range from $1,000 to $15,000. But they should more. If somebody's looking at the business proposition here, they're looking at it and saying, "Well, this is two hundred bucks, and this guy over here is going to be ten thousand bucks." Hmm. You know, it, are they cheap? Well, they may go with the two hundred dollar one and then go, "Man, I should have spent you know half of the two thousand yeah. dollars on hiring somebody to actually make this thing look halfway decent." Yeah. Or well, even within the the range know. of blogger themes, you've got you know mom and pop blogging about their kid versus someone else doing professional blogging and making money off of their website. What's the expectation of those two customers and what they need out of the theme? Yeah, back on episode 25, we talked a lot about the uh, the difference between uh, you know the the what you actually get as a deliverable versus all the work you have to put into it in order to make it look like the demo. 
So episode it's 25. Listen to this. Go back to 25. Yeah, we, we talked about it back then. How, how do you remember what episode 25 was? <laughs> he, he, has him, he has him tattooed on the inside of his arm. It's, we actually oh, have okay. a search box on the website. It's really cool. You just type in the word demo, and it, it, it came up. Who knew? Wow. Huh. So a, a lot of, a lot of uh, talk has been uh, done about this idea of support. So for people who want to build themes that are going to be distributed in a, uh, in, in like a premium package, uh, and who haven't done it before. Can someone talk about how much it's involved in the actual support aspect of it? Once you've released the theme and people start using it, you're expected to update the theme, you're expected to answer support requests, and they're kind of committing to that too. So what's your experience? They have to commit to that. I mean, yeah. if, if you look at the theme buyers that we have, 80% of them you never hear from, but the other 20% that you do give you a ton of questions. 10% because they've never read anything and they haven't even looked to see the instructions. The other 10 because they want to do a bunch of things and don't know how to do it. You have to be prepared for both situations. Yeah. You know, knowing that you will make a lot of money off the 80% you never hear from because they just buy it, go, and they may install it, they may not. You know, that's up to them. But you have to have you have to have a plan to deal with that 10% that's going to pepper you with a bazillion questions for the next 20 days. Yeah, and support is the bane of any or any product business. And the problem with selling themes for a low price is the support. That is the problem. Because you have to, not only do people expect you to teach you how to use their theme, they expect you to teach you how to use WordPress itself. And then when and how to set up a web server. Yeah, and when there's a bug with a different, a conflict with a different plugin, or they want to customize, they want to make their logo bigger, they want to change the color of this or that, if that's not built into the theme, they expect you to write the CSS for you, and they expect you to, you know, deal with the conflicts with their third-party plugins. And if you don't do that for them, sometimes they'll ask for a refund. And so that's why selling a theme for fifty dollars and giving Envato, you know, thirty to seventy percent of that, and then expecting to support someone for an entire year or more with, you know, daily, possibly weekly questions, you know, you end up making maybe, like, less than minimum wage off of that customer, probably. Yeah. And you can, I think that you can help pick the quality of your customers based on the price of your theme. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, remember, there are outliers and exceptions, but generally speaking, I think the people that drop serious cash on a theme are going to be uh, much more, much better customers with more realistic expectations. Yes. I think the thing I think one of the main points of of writing all that that series was was to really try and push people to think about segmentation and to to understand that not all buyers are the same, not all bloggers are the same, not all customers are the same. Um, and because they're not the same, you don't have to treat them all the same. So a blog you know a blog theme or a application theme or a professional theme doesn't need to be one fixed price across every possible person in the world. You can segment the audience and you can say if you're a just getting started real estate agent versus a billion dollar you know a year real estate agent those are you're gonna have different websites and um, and yeah the, the billion dollar guy is probably gonna do something custom but what do you do for that tier underneath that and what do you do for the tier below that how do you build solutions for those tiers that allow you to price different things and uh, you know, and and differentiate based on who you're trying to sell to. One thing. Your I audience. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I was just reiterating what Chris said. Know your audience, like before you get started, because it's completely different depending on that. For sure, and, and 
one of the other things, Chris, you brought up before, and, and I think it's really important to something we've been thinking about more lately, and just I think it's important to remember, especially if you're if you're actually running a business, is thinking about when you're thinking about theme pricing and start thinking about return on investment. And you know, people brought up, well, well how much? How can you calculate how much support is going to cost you? Well, you're never going to know. You, that is not a quantifiable exact number that you can say. I know that support is going to cost me exactly three or thirty-five hundred dollars per theme, and I know that's what you know. So what you have to do uh, is kind of guess at what you know. You've seen it in the past. You've seen how much support and and updates generally cost. So you know, if you're if you've got developers on your team and you know how much uh, you're paying your developers, you can kind of roughly guesstimate. You know, here's how much investment I'm going to have to make into the theme over time, and then you're obviously going to have that initial investment of actually building the theme. So whatever. Uh, you know, if you've got two developers and a designer or whatever, and you're kind of calculating, you, you kind of calculate how much you've invested in it, and then you have to realistically look at what you've invested in, and hey, is this team actually making money? Look, we 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 put in two months of development time. We're we're planning to put in at least another month over the next six months of, of time into it. You know, is that going to be? Are, are we getting a positive ROI on this? And I think that's something that when you're seeing prices in the $20 range, that you simply not possible to have a positive ROI unless it's just you and your time, you're valuing your time at a very, very, very low rate. So I think, you know, there's kind of, you know, I think that's why we're, you know, we're seeing some of the, the really lower price stuff. It's just people that haven't thought about return on investment seriously or they're just doing it by themselves and they don't, and they're looking at it as like, hey, this is better than, um, you know, Working at a part-time job or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, I think that's a I think it's a great uh, closing to this. Um, thank you very much for all of you folks being on the show. It sounds like we have a lot more to discuss here, which is always good because it's good to have good topics to talk about. So uh, make sure you go to our website at wpwatercooler.com. Uh, check check us out there. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can watch us like you're probably watching now on YouTube. Lastly, if you don't want to watch us and you just want to listen to us, um, you can. Uh, Get a copy of us over at uh, iTunes to subscribe there. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You guys have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye. See you.